0: This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Welcome to the status quo. Mike McCarthy's coming back for the Cowboys. Okay, take it easy. It's the start of the hour. Jeez. It's going to lay out where we are. <laughs> At least me. <laughs> speak for yourself, Cowboy. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. Series 6M channel lady. I, Mike McCarthy's back and Jerry Jones has talked about the importance uh, in his consideration of all the success that they've had over the last three years during the regular season. That's great. That That's that's what you're about. So we went from Jason Garrett, 8-8, eight and 9-7, eight, and seven, occasional 10-6. and six. That was good for us for a while. But you know what? We need to take the next step. So let's take the next step. We'll go win 11-12 games, and then we'll lose in the playoffs again. So that's what we're doing. That's the plan. Jerry Jones, totally good with it. Absolutely happy to continue losing in big spots. That's that's what it like. how you interpret this. Well, yeah, maybe it's a little extreme, but it's not. When we all know what the problem is, and yet we're not addressing it. That, to me, is willful ignorance. And when you're in this situation, and you're the owner of the Dallas Cowboys, and you try to preach to me about how winning Super Bowls is what it's all about. Just honestly, go kick rocks with that because that's not what it's all about. Is the problem here our perception of
1: this franchise? Because it feels like when they flame out in the playoffs, we come down really hard on them because they didn't do what they were supposed to do in our eyes. But maybe that's just not who they are. They're 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 really not that great. They're not a top-tier organization. In terms of valuation... Business perspective, oh, Oh, yeah. yeah. But in terms of an actual winning franchise, like right now, the Niners are a gold standard every single year, deep in the playoffs, assuming there's no injuries. Kyle Shanahan's looking at his fourth NFC championship game if he wins this weekend. Um, You look at the Baltimore Ravens, John Harbaugh every year has them in a respectable place. What New England used to be. There are these teams out there. Kansas City, the bar is essentially... Super Bowl or bust with them. Mm -hmm. Buffalo is held to a high standard because they've shown us they can make a deeper run. Cincinnati, outside of the injuries, we hold them to a high standard. We hold the Cowboys to this high standard that they never meet, that they haven't met in decades. And then yet when things like this happen, we look at them and go, oh, you're making all the wrong moves. Like maybe within the organization, they're saying, what are you talking about? We're in the playoffs again. You guys hold us to this high standard. We're not holding ourselves to that high standard. We want to win a Super Bowl, but we've won 12 games three years in a row. Like, to them, I think they view themselves as successful, whereas we have this image in our mind that they're supposed to be this crown jewel, and they've shown us repeatedly over the decades they are not that team.
0: It's a loser's lament. That's what, yeah. you're, that's what you're bringing up. Does well, Belichick, that's what losers do. All right, but does Belichick, does Brady— does Andy Reid, does Patrick Mahomes, do they ever walk away from a season in which they don't win a championship and said, yep, good job, everybody. We're, we're right on track of being that excitingly average team. But why do we put Dallas in the category with them?
1: That's our fault. Because Dallas is, it- is Dallas is walking away saying, look, we're disappointed, but look. We had another good regular season. They keep telling us that. Yes, we're disappointed in the playoffs, but we had a good regular season. And then you're using the example, rightfully so, of Kansas City, of Brady back in the day. Those guys truly hold themselves to championship standards. The Cowboys don't. It's just words. Our problem is that we buy
0: into the words. No, here's the thing. Kansas City, just for that instance, for the longest time, is exactly what the Cowboys are right now. Win a ton of games during the regular season, don't get it done in the postseason. Yeah. And what kind of coaches did they have along the lines when those were the cases? Uh, respectfully, because he's a terrific man, Marty Schottenheimer. Correct. Mike McCarthy is Marty Schottenheimer. He could not win big games. He lost so many playoff games in big situations because, again, there are people that can only take you so far. Now, there is only one thing that I really truly am okay with if this is the route that Jerry is Going like I would be through the roof annoyed if there was a contract stent- extension that was happening for Mike McCarthy. <laughs> now, Rewarded. but it's not, it, it's not out of the realm that that could have been discussed because he's going into the last year. So here is McCarthy on the notion of being a lame duck head coach. Well, I think the biggest thing is you know, and and I've been asked this for twenty years or ever how long um, those questions pertain. I've never talked about a player's contract. You know, Coaches contract. I mean, I, I'm not going to start today, but I, I will say I am very uh, confident in the direct direction, um, and and I, I like where we are. You know, as far as um, moving forward, uh, so I'm I'm very confident where I am. Stop! I, it, again, losers lament. Losers lament across the board. Not going to talk about a player's contract. Not going to talk about my contract. That's fine. I don't expect you to, to give me the the honest truth on any of that right now he also just hit the lottery by being brought back another year Uh, okay great he was getting paid either way either way yes so i don't know if it's hitting the lottery so much but i and i know what you mean i'm not talking about you know financially but the the point is that if you are jerry jones right now at the very least you didn't make this worse like i'm trying this is me grasping for the silver lining At least you didn't double down on it and really stick it to me. The
1: problem is it feels like you're throwing away next year. That's what you're doing. You're throwing away next year because we just watched this exact situation play out. Jerry, Dallas, you're the Spanos family. You're the Chargers. Everyone knew Brandon Staley needed to go after that Jacksonville debacle. And what was it? The wild card round of the playoffs. Huge lead at the half. They blow the game to Jacksonville, and everyone's sitting there going, that's it. Staley's got to be gone. He clearly is not ready for this job. Maybe he comes back down the line and he's better, but he clearly isn't ready for this job. Spano's family brings him back. What ends up happening? Chargers, like usual, go on the same path, they go on under Staley, they lose a bunch of close games, finding new and inventive ways to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory, and at the end of the season, the Chargers say goodbye to him. In fact, it wasn't even the end of the season, they ran him out before. So now, here are the Cowboys, flaming out in the wild card round of the playoffs, saying, we like the coach enough to bring him back for the final year, but we don't like him enough to give him an extension which tells you everything you need to know. You're just going to flush this year down the toilet. McCarthy is essentially in the on-deck circle for getting fired.
0: Yeah, and what's even more troubling about it is that you're going to go into offseason next year. Are you going to have Bill Belichick, Jim Harbaugh, and Mike Vrabel available to you to fix the problem? Like, that's the even bigger thing. Like, it's not just don't get rid of them. It's there are really good solutions to the problem out there, and I am choosing to ignore them for the moment. I honestly think that the Cowboys, in many ways, like they—they they, to me had so many options of where they could go for their head coach to really be, be an improvement. It's great that he does this as much as he does during the regular season. It's just gotten to the point where that just doesn't matter anymore. It doesn't matter. I'm sorry. When you get to the two seed, why was that important? Why was – now, as we look at that, why was that important?
1: All that talk about getting past Philadelphia didn't mean anything. Didn't mean a damn thing. Nothing. You won the division. Division turned out to be really soft, and that's that. I mean, Detroit made it further than you. The fact that Green Bay came in and embarrassed you like that, it's it's a fascinating case study in a very wealthy, successful individual who's in his 80s saying, I am not listening to what you peons have to say
0: about my business. I know best – I can win with Mike McCarthy. Let's just talk for a moment, though, about you know not just throwing away next year from McCarthy's standpoint. Is it going to be easier next year to go and win the NFC East and get back to the same position <laughs> with what they are facing in the offseason? I mean, this year was a layup.
1: This year was a layup. You got a very inexperienced team that came to your house in the opening round. Seven-and-a-half-point favorite. Should have handled that. Your other threats were a Philadelphia team that was just imploding Mm -hmm. by the day. Gave you the division at the end of the year. Outside of that, you have a Tampa Bay team in the playoffs. That is beatable. You have the Niners, which is the one formidable opponent. You would have hosted Detroit. It's not going to get any better. Detroit will continue to get better. Detroit's one of the youngest teams in the NFL. Green Bay is going to continue to get better. Philly probably can't get worse. I would say, considering what we saw at the end of the season.
0: although they're losing a ton of leadership, presumably.
1: Rams are going to continue to get better on the rise. You have to figure the rest of the NFC South between Carolina, Atlanta. If Atlanta gets Belichick, formidable. Bears, perhaps they take another step forward. Minnesota, they were middling around. It's not going to be easier next year. You're going to have Mike McCarthy, not a wartime consigliere, trying to navigate a more difficult
0: wartime path next season. Good luck. Todd Archer covers the Cowboys for ESPN NFL Nation, and he pretty much lays out what next year is going to look like, not from a Cowboy win-loss perspective, but from a perception perspective and a national narrative discussion during the course of the year
1: for mccarthy i mean absolutely
2: every every win or every loss is going to be well does he get fired this time is he going to be the head coach if they don't get off to a fast start does jerry make a move who's the defensive coordinator if dan quinn goes what he you, you know there's, there's just so many questions but I, I think for mccarthy it turns into a barring some agreement that we don't know of every week's a
1: referendum on, on mike mccarthy and the job that he's doing
0: look forward to that I know that's as a fan. That's an exciting conversation to have each and every week. Hey, when are we going to fire him? Are we going to fire him? Doesn't it feel week?
1: doesn't it feel like a, a mid season sort of thing? Yeah, like uh, Jason Garrett with Wade Phillips. It does. It absolutely uh, does. Kevin Clark, a friend of ours we've had on the show before, Kevin Clark has a great term for this. It's called pre-fired. Has there ever been a coach more pre-fired than Mike McCarthy? Meaning you've got your job, but everyone knows you're on your way out the door. He mentions Mike Malarkey was an all-time pre-fired coach, and he's got a few others. Like, when you go into a season, Brandon Staley this year was pre-fired. We all
0: knew it was coming. Has there ever been a coach more pre-fired than Mike McCarthy entering next year? It's an amazing question. And and frankly, I mean, we we could do some research and go down the list, but there isn't too many people that come to mind. Evan's got one, but he's ha- he's munching on
1: something. Hit the mic if Robert, you want. Robert Sala? Robert Sala. Robert Sala enters next year pre-fired, no doubt. Robert Sala's definitely entering next year pre-fired. He's got a chance to save, though, because he's got Rodgers. If they win with Rodgers, he can save it. McCarthy is very pre-fired going into next year. Yes. And by the
0: way, again, Clev- Kevin Clark's term, he deserves his his roses for that. I love that phrase. Don't forget, eight the savior is coming. You'll be, you'll be fine. <laughs> Everybody, it's going to be all good. It's going to be all flushing out all of the distractions out of the Jets' building. No more BS for no the more Jets garbage. this year. No more garbage at all. It's going to be all about winning and COVID vaccine takes. Yeah. Carl versus <laughs> Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80, and many other conspiracy theories. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. My friends, Progressive makes it easy to save money when you bundle your auto policy with home condo renters you'll get a multi-policy discount easy to bundle easy to save visit progressive.com all right your chance to weigh in 888-SAY-ESPN 888-729-3776 was it the right move for the cowboys to bring mccarthy back and why was it not (laughs) more specifically it's all next on espn radio and the espn app the MVP, and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
2: This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE.
1: breaking news Mike McCarthy remaining in Dallas I think they viewed it as him winning 12 games in three straight seasons and even though there's only one playoff went to show for it they thought you know what we're gonna run it back see if we can make it work they get bounced one and done I am very very surprised that he did not make a move at the top and now I'm curious does he extend Mike McCarthy or does he make him as he did with Jason Garrett prove it this year on a lame duck contract
0: Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. I got to thank you, by the way. Oh, uh, went to the event last night out in Pennsylvania, the little Hall of Fame event. Let's yes. not be, sh- let's okay. not be shy. Yes, it was very nice. You know, started my career in Williamsport, Pennsylvania, doing minor league baseball, and they put me in the Hall of Fame last night at the Williamsport uh, Cutters with uh, Bowman Field, and it was very cool. Really enjoyed being out there. Got a little nostalgic. You've been thank there your a wife? While. Did not take my wife.
1: No, thank your wife.
0: I did thank my wife. Okay,
1: yes. we were all asking, wondering about that yesterday. You seem quite resistant to thanking your significant other, which we found out. But she, I mean, glad if, you we're, went through if, with if we're
0: being truthful, she wasn't there. <laughs> but it, but then again, when I rethought, when I thought about it after the fact, I think you put it pretty well. If your wife was here right now. And had never shown up, would you be in jail? Maybe. Yeah. Would you still be producing at such a high level? Probably, probably not. not. So here we are. And yes, there there was a thank you to the wife. You First, don't see the bills bringing back OJ for OJ Simpson Day. <laughs> yeah, so that, it's the that same, might be a bit far. Yeah, probably so. Do probably that what so. you
1: do with that what you will. Yeah. That comment may have been a bit far.
0: Um, what I again knocking me off track. Uh, <laughs> what I would say is this was a very Baugh open. I thought to the brief speech that I gave. You know, they get up, they do an introduction video, and I have to thank Joe because he did a very nice uh, video as part of the introduction video for th- the people out there.
1: Unpaid, by the way. I want that on the record.
0: Unpaid. 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 Joe Fortinbaugh is nothing if not magnanimous.
1: Yeah. I yeah. think it was a thank you email, which eh, it suffices, but, you know.
0: I got up there, and, you know, everybody's clapping and whatever, but they're all sitting, you know. They, most of the they didn't stand, know, huh? No. no, and I just I got up there, and the first thing I said is, no, please keep your seat. <laughs> <laughs> it just thought, you know, that reeks of fort Boss. It's a great line. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, a it great line. It was a good way to start. Oh, it probably killed too. Oh, it was good. It was good. good. But it was I'm a lot of fun. Thank you for doing that. Yeah, it it's my cool. pleasure.
1: Who else was, was a part of the thank you videos?
0: Uh of the congratulatory videos. Yeah, it was very cool. I had murderers row up there. Uh, Dog, Chris Russo. Okay. Kevin Burkhart. Oh, that's a big name. Tom McCarthy. Another big name. Yep. And Bob Beeler, who is like my mentor in business, is the voice of the Boise State Broncos, and basically taught me everything I know about doing games, and kicked my ass when it needed kicking. So it was great. I'm I'm honored to be a part of that group. It was very good. It was it was very cool, and I enjoyed it a lot. So, okay. My yeah. thanks to No.
1: Congratulations to you. That's what it's it about. Fine. It's nice of you to say that. You don't you don't owe me thanks for something like that. Handman's the true artist. He came in and shot the video. I think we needed to do it twice. Yeah. And the cinematography was
0: wonderful. You, you did job, not uh, storyboard the whole thing?
1: <laughs> I, I, I did think it through. I, yeah, I thought about, did. I got to open this video with some pop and I opened it with some pop. Yes, yeah, he nice started it with,
0: this guy is the worst guy ever to work with ever. Hardest, oh, I didn't see you then. <laughs> Let me tell you about the easiest guy I've ever worked with <laughs> in my life. <laughs> Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. Oh, so good. Want to hear from you. It was really, really good. You did a great job. And it drew, it drew big laughs. Big <laughs>, laughs. And that's what Fortin Ball wants. Uh, Jason in South Carolina is up on ESPN Radio. Jason, what do you got, dude? Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, lifelong Commanders fan and all the other names they've had. Um, So this choice is great. I love the choice that Jones has made. I do have a question. Why don't we have the same conversation about the Steelers organization? Do they not want to win? Uh, Tomlin, to me, is overrated. Uh, Yeah, he's won all these winning seasons in a row, but they're not winning the Super Bowl. So I know that Dallas takes up a lot of the limelight, but I would look at Tomlin's situation the same as this. He's He's not winning. And uh, do the Steelers not want to win going forward? Okay, I mean, it's a fair question as to why that's the case. I can give you two decent answers on it. Ooh, I got two as well. Let's see if they match up. Okay, number one is that I have never looked at a Mike McCarthy team and thought, man, he got everything out of them. He got the absolute most that he could out of a team that wasn't all that talented. I look at the Steelers this year and I look at a team with major quarterback issues, a defense that was not nearly as good as it has been in the past, and they still got to the postseason. To build on that,
1: yes, that was one of mine as well. Tomlin exceeding expectations regularly, yeah. McCarthy
0: falling short of expectations regularly. And you also have to look at how the organization has done business. That particular team has had three coaches in 50-some years, and unless you go 4-12 and 12 a couple of years in a row— You're not getting fired from there. And that is why those coaches, like we talk about how they operate. uh, That is why those coaches all stayed in place. They never felt like they were taking a massive dive uh, from one season to the next. And the one or two times that they've been in the top 10 picking, they picked Ben Roethlisberger and they ended up right back where they were. Yeah. So I would build on that with my other one as well and
1: say that Steelers ownership doesn't go out of its way to put a bullseye on its back. Jerry comes out and says things like, Super Bowl's the expectation. The things he says, we react to. And as a result, we hold him to it. So when he talks Super Bowl, we're all saying, okay, let's see if McCarthy can get you there. You don't hear from Steelers ownership. You don't hear the big bluster and bravado coming out of Pittsburgh. They go about their business. Very blue collar, very, we're putting on our hard hats. We're going to work today, and then we're going to go home, probably have a beer, assess the situation, come back and do it again. Jerry puts the bullseye on his team's back. That's why we come for them. We don't come for Pittsburgh because, you know what, we respect the business model a hell of a lot more
0: than a lot of other business models. Steve's in Virginia next on ESPN Radio. Steve, what do you got on McCarthy? What do you think?
1: Hey, guys. Well, um, I want to harp on one thing,
2: a couple of really quick points. Everybody keeps talking about these great seasons of 12 wins. Well, let's quickly examine this last season of who they beat. Redskins twice, Giants twice, Panthers, Jets, and the Patriots, and then they got by the Chargers. They barely won against Seattle, and they got a gift from the Lions. And when it
1: comes to playing big-time ball, they're all pro, which I think is hyped, Players do not show up. Where was Parsons during the last drive in the Lions game? Where was
2: uh, Dak and CD during this last playoff game? They play like two guys coming from two teams two days before the game trying to get to know each other. I I just think – Like what Joe said, the Cowboys are not really that good, and what they need is somebody to come in and spark a fire under their butts to
0: get a little inspiration and intensity in their play. Well, I'll say this. If you're looking for inspiration, Mike McCarthy's not your guy. He is not somebody that is going to walk in the door, be fire and brimstone, and get you all ready to go to go play. They obviously have found a coach who has had great regular season success but for whatever reason does not inspire to the next level. The
1: thing with the Cowboys is they don't nobody fears them. They, there's nothing about finding out that they're on your schedule or that you've got them in the wild card round or the divisional round or whatever it may be and you're like, "Damn, we got to go through Dallas." Nobody wants to draw the Niners. Nobody wants to draw the Ravens. I don't think anyone's going to argue with that. You generally don't want to draw the Chiefs. Now, I know they're down a little bit this year, but that's okay. They're still alive, and they've got a playoff win and a divisional title. Chiefs are just fine. Nobody wants to see Mahomes on their schedule. The Bills are kind of in that category, too. You don't really want to mess with them right now. If you have other avenues, you'd rather deal with someone other than Allen and the Bills. And the same thing can generally be said about Cincinnati. It's like, oh, we got to deal with Burrow and the Bengals. Like, you see those teams. You don't want to deal with them. Cowboys aren't like that. You don't fear them. They don't come with a particularly stout defense. Quarterback play can be erratic at times. Coaching is an elite. You don't fear them. That's what Jerry should be worried about. No one actually fears playing his team, as the Packers just showed. Yeah. Walking into your house and just crapping
0: all over the field. I uh, Metaf- meta- uh, metaphorically of
1: course, is a metaphor. I don't um, think anyone literally did a
0: strong, That would have been odd. And and a strong literary one at that. <laughs> How are you not an author? Uh, I would say uh, one other thing here just quickly. Micah Parsons, guy wasn't wrong. Can we show up a little bit more when it matters? Yeah. He was a ghost the other day. Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio, series six M Channel 80. We are still waiting on one other team in the NFC East. So, um, Philly, what up? What's taking so long? <laughs> next right after i tell you about this from our friends at indeed now look the new year is the perfect time to gear up and connect to quality candidates and there's no better way to do that than through indeed the hiring platform that makes it easy to attract interview and screen candidates all in the same place their interview tool helps you schedule and conduct video interviews right from your employer dashboard next to hassle start hiring indeed.com credit
2: At the very least, there will be changes in Philadelphia, either with the staff or with players. There's going to be a lot of movement there. It just depends on if they feel like Sirianni can fix this next year. He's a good leader for this team. He does a really good job.
1: Did we come up short? Yeah. Did things happen this year? Yeah. No, I don't discuss about, you know, firing a man or, you know, this man got a family.
2: Will the owner, Jeffrey Lurie, act as he sometimes has in the past? That
1: question's out there until the Eagles answer it. And that's why the question is asked, though I admire Fletcher Cox
2: for his stance there.
0: Yeah, you're going to hear from Fletcher Cox in a moment who absolutely went off, went off about the pure speculation of the job of Nick Sirianni and whether or not he's getting fired. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. Joseph, um, if they do not fire Nick Sirianni, I'm fine with it because I do believe that he deserves... Uh, another season after what he has done his first couple of years. If they do fire him, though, it's got to be because Belichick's going there. It's got to be because Vrabel's going there. It's got to be a clear upgrade. And it's also got to be someone in my estimation that cannot be about um, whatever Howie Roseman wants and just being the guy that says, yes, sir, I'll do whatever you want. Because if it's just the next assistant, no. What what happened there? What happened? That's
1: we got to get to the bottom of that. Obviously, Howie, Jeffrey Laurie, the owner, they're aware of what went wrong. We've got to know what went wrong. How the hell do you preside over one of the most epic collapses in NFL history? You were 10 and 1. You're coming yeah. off a Super Bowl appearance, you yeah. were cruising, and then you just get popped repeatedly. You show no resilience, you show no fight. No toughness, no leadership. That was the biggest concern. There was no leadership whatsoever down the stretch from any of the players or the coaching staff. If he's coming back, I understand. Maybe he can learn from that. But a worse job by a head coach in a tumultuous situation, I have not seen. That, yeah. that that He didn't know what the
0: hell he was doing at the end of the season. And uh, it's got to be even more difficult to try to answer that question in these couple of days, which is, again, why is it taking so long here on figuring out what you want to do? Because it was very clear early the other night that they were not winning that football game. So what is the latest when it comes to Nick Sirianni? Here's Adam Schefter, of course, our senior NFL insider.
2: Well, at some point he's going to meet with the. Philadelphia Eagles owner Jeffrey Lurie and that ultimately will be the meeting that helps determine his fate now again the Eagles are acting and have been saying that Nick Sirianni is going to be back and he very well might be but until we hear that from the owner until the owner signs off on that we do not know that officially because it's going to be Jeffrey Lurie's decision
0: and with Jeffrey Lurie the one thing to remember is he didn't come out and explain his decisions a whole lot. It's not like he's in front of the microphone very much. And what would worry me about this is what Jeffrey Lurie thinks is going to be what Howie Roseman thinks. At what point does Lurie recognize that maybe Howie is part of the problem as to what's gone wrong? Because there have been plenty of times when we went through a chapter and verse where if things went another way, just out of pure, fortune in the way that roseman wanted to do them as opposed to what actually happened and how it worked out well then the eagles would be in a much different situation right now i.e the likes of wanting to draft zach wilson and trade up for him
1: what what do we attribute to this specific season's collapse to howie roseman for what Uh, he and this isn't me defending him i'm just trying to figure out like i know what the coach is responsible for day to day but when you're in the front office like he is What is it he could have done differently? It feels like you paid the quarterback, who everyone said is an MVP candidate. You had the wide receivers around him. Offensive line was supposed to be good enough. I'm not sure if the running back position was great, but you brought in DeAndre Swift. You were pretty deep there. You had some talent. Mm -hmm. Defensively, you had a bunch of guys on the D-line. You paid guys in the secondary. Linebacker's a weak position, sure, but did he do something egregious in terms of roster
0: construction? Well, but look... We're all lauding them. They're going to be Georgia Northeast, right? Right. They drafted all these Georgia players. Jalen Carter looks like the real deal. He had a pretty good season. What about some of these other guys? Carter lost a lot of playing time down the stretch. A yeah. lot of people didn't notice this. Yeah. His playing
1: time, sorry, I don't know if his conditioning was good enough for a full season, which is okay. He's a rookie. That might happen, but
0: it's it's he's not necessarily your runaway favorite to win defensive rookie of the year anymore. Okay, so just because you draft guys from Georgia doesn't mean that they're all going to pan out perfectly. But I, I think the bigger issue is... If I told you last offseason that the Eagles were going to have to replace their two coordinators after they went to the Super Bowl, who do you think makes the ultimate decision on who the coordinators are going to be? Do you think it's – at that point, has Nick Sirianni earned that by taking the team to the Super Bowl? He he can figure out who his guys are going to be? My thought would have been coach, but am I wrong on that? I always just assume the head coach got to pick the coordinators. I don't think he got to pick them. I think he had a voice. I think Howie Roseman ultimately is the guy that is – Making that decision.
1: Well, if that's the case, then yeah, then that falls right on his plate.
0: Yeah. Because what's going to get
1: interesting here with Sirianni is this. Sirianni doesn't call the offense or the defense. He's supposed to be the guy that manages the locker room. He's supposed to manage the culture, much like Nick Saban in Alabama. That culture came completely unglued late in the season. He showed that he did not handle his leadership responsibilities well. He failed as a leader. And there's no one out there that can convince me of anything else. As a leader of that team, Nick Sirianni failed down the stretch. He could not rally the team. He couldn't even motivate them to play football. They quit at the end of the season. He had two coordinators that were a part of his staff when they went to the Super Bowl who both went out and exceeded expectation. Shane Steichen... Did more in Indy than anyone thought was going to happen. Jonathan Gannon did more in Arizona than anyone thought was going to happen this year. Everyone thought Arizona might lose every single game, right? right? They were supposed to be terrible, especially without Kyler Murray. Those two leave. They have success. You bring in two new guys. You fail completely. If you bring in new coordinators this year and you have more success next season, you're back on track. What's Sirianni actually doing? Yeah. At that point you're just looking at good coordinators as the guys that are running this thing, and when they needed Sirianni to rally the troops
0: late in the year, he's nowhere to be found. Well, one guy felt very strongly about Sirianni, and that's Fletcher Cox, who is asked about it in this exchange. Uh with a reporter from the Philadelphia Inquirer. Come on man. What is it what is it to talk about, man? Because man, he's a winner. He's a winning head coach. You know, do we have some bumps this year? Yeah, but every team, every organization, everybody, everybody goes through it. But we don't look at firing a man who, you know, obviously has won ten plus games two years in a
1: row, that's took this organization to three playoff appearances three years in a row. You know, that's a respect. You know,
0: the coaches, he's a good leader for this team. He does a really good job. Did we come up short? Yeah. Did things happen this year? Yeah. Or no, I don't discuss about, you know, firing a man or, you know, this man got a family. I don't discuss about anything about that. Listen, I give him credit because he backed up his guy, but I go back to the same thing. What is, when you're trying to protect your power, as opposed to what is the best decision for the organization, that's a problem. And I really get the sense a lot of that is what has gone on in Philadelphia over the last couple of years, because what do you do if you're... Letting Nick Sirianni pick your coordinators. You're empowering him. Mm-hmm. Not going to empower you more than I need to. Doug Peterson, major, major issue for Doug Peterson was, you know, I I did win a Super Bowl here. You could have me, let me have a little bit more say in who's going to be on my coaching staff and who's not. What do you know? Doug's gone a couple of years later, or a year later, really, after that. I, I just look at this as a consistent power struggle between Whoever the head coach is, and it's not even a struggle, I should say. It's a protection of power by one guy who has got the owner's ear. So
1: is this is this like the Moneyball concept we see in baseball, where like Kapler in San Francisco was brought in as the manager, and it's like, look, you're just you're just down there physically. We're relaying
0: all the information. All right, well, to you. yeah, I mean, just to make another quick point. Like who. Who do you think made the decision that Matt Patricia is going to be calling to place now? Oh, I don't know. I, I assume that was Sirianni. Yeah, I don't know. Whoever made I, that decision, that, that... These are assumptions <laughs> that I would Here's my point. there are assumptions I would not make. I would not make. Call it an informed opinion. I think there's a lot going on there that is not always in the best organization uh, or best interest of the organization and what goes on. Uh, as opposed to what's in the best interests of the general manager. Very spicy. I've enjoyed this. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN <laughs> Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. It is Thursday at this time, and you know what oh. that means. You must be here for the uh, trivia challenge.
2: Do you have the answer to this week's trivia question? Oh, I love trivia.
0: What's up, boys? It's hammer time. This is the Himbo Hammer. Your question is this. During the Super Bowl era, which coach... Has won the most playoff games as the betting underdog. Good luck. Which coach has won the most playoff games as the betting underdog? Uh, I
1: couldn't care less. What about the what's up, boys? Just straight to business?
0: No exchanging of pleasantries. Rude. See, this is the thing, and I love Joe for this. Love it. We've been working together, what, four months? First thing he does, how'd you slight me? I'm going to figure it out yeah. right away. How do you think you're better than me? You're a guest on our show. You can't say, hi, how's it going? Hey, boys, hammer time. Sometimes you want people to think differently than one another. You want to create a little fire and ice, so to speak. That I love about you because we are (laughs) always, always going to look for how you are trying to screw me over and show me how much better you are than I am. And that's exactly what he went to. Wasn't, what's the question? I don't care. No. I didn't even hear it. You can't say hi? Seriously. What's going on there? We'll give you an answer in moments. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio.
2: Find the top products and quantities you need when you need them. Lowe's Knows Pros. You must be here for the uh, trivia challenge. You have the answer to this week's trivia question. Oh, I love trivia. What's up, boys? It's hammer time. This is the Himbo Hammer.
0: All right. What's this? Oh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh look at this. Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio. Except they have brought in the ESPN Radio Pick'em Challenge championship trophy.
1: We would like to thank the Academy
0: first and foremost. Yes. This thing is quite, it's quite robust. It is. Look at that. That is, yeah. This is a big time trophy right here. I love it. It's Uh, like winning the PGA championship. Did we have to put Rick... We have to put regular season on it first of all. What are you doing? What are you? Why are? You are. are you here? And then there's Bubba holding up a the, uh, tiny English trophy. Oh, we have one for last place too. <laughs> oh, hold on! No, 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 no! Zoom
1: in. We gotta. Can we bring in tight? Can we bring it in nice and tight so that people can see this here? Here it comes. Oh, oh this is wonderful.
0: Bubba from show. <laughs> it, Greeny Show. They finished last. <laughs> we did it, Greeny. Greeny, it's, it's a, a hell, hell of a week one. for you. Bubba, yeah. is it true that Greeny basically gave up about midway through the season? No comment. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then Bubba's screaming and yelling. We didn't get the trophy. We didn't get our names on it for last year. When Greeny was using the old George Costanza from Seinfeld, I'm going to go the opposite of what my instincts are. And the when he won. doesn't matter. We won. Get our names on there. Yeah. <laughs> That's a different radio lineup. Nope. Listen, we may not get this hembo question right. <laughs> Do you think I could, could we put a chain on this thing so I could wear it around my neck? <laughs> This is awesome. There, there's a lot of uh, Shannon Penn, who, of course, he produces is clearly Freddie not Harry, happy, giving us a golf clap right now. I'm sorry that we kicked all your asses. Be better. How about hey, that?
1: you guys put on a hell of a show. You guys turned a profit. These are against the spread picks, and several shows, not Greeny, but several shows around here actually did turn a profit over the long term. Very impressive. Carry no shame with your picks this year. Right. Amber and Ian,
0: shame. Greeny, shame. The rest... Job well done. Good for you. You're just not good enough. That thing's nice. It is. It. I, I will say the cup is plastic. I mean, can we can we spring for the real thing That's here? Well, it anymore. doesn't it, have to be. It doesn't have to be pure gold. It, it is. It is radio. It's yeah, right. it is radio. I'm very excited. Just it's the, the fact that it's even acknowledged and is something. Bubba, just <laughs> get just get hembo hammer wrong here. Well, let's find out again what the question was. But I'm inspired now that we have our trophy and it's and it's in its rightful place. It's yeah. come home. Your question is this. During the Super Bowl era, which coach has won the most playoff games as the betting underdog? Okay. Good luck. What are all you right. thinking? Tom Coughlin. Noodle it. Tom Coughlin. All right. Because Coughlin. I thought Giants first and foremost, and then, of course, he did it with Jacksonville when they went on an unlikely run in 95.
1: Coughlin, and I know this for a fact without looking anything up, the year that they took out the 19 and doe Patriots, yeah. they were an underdog in all four games. Tampa in the wild card round on the road. Dallas in the divisional round on the road, Green Bay in the championship game on the road, and then the Patriots. You know how I know that? I bet against them in all four of those games, and I kept doubling it down right up until the Super Bowl. I was like, the Patriots will take care of this. Yeah. And then, of course, they did not. Yeah. Lost quite a bit. Yeah. Quite a bit on that run.
0: So that's four wins. Four against the spread covers. And 2011, I mean, they were on the road in San Francisco. I don't, yeah, I think it's Tom Coughlin. They've got a few. He's got a few of them in there. Could it be Mike McCarthy? <laughs> I mean, that would be the ultimate. McCarthy, 11-11 and all-time
1: in the postseason. He's been a favorite quite a bit in Dallas. He did cover last year. Uh, John Harbaugh comes to mind just because he's been around for so long. Mike Tomlin hasn't been in the playoffs in a long time. I think Coughlin's a good selection. I think Coughlin's – I'd be willing to ride with that selection with you.
0: Let's go with Coughlin. The correct answer is Tom Coughlin. Yeah, He won nine games as an underdog, two with the Jags, and seven – with the Giants.
1: We'd like to dedicate that one to Bubba, Yeah, who thought we were going to get it wrong. Not only did you have to endure the trophy presentation, we got it right in your face. Suck it, Bubba! Bubba Bubba having a hell of a week. Bubba, go play the lottery.
0: (laughs) Bubba spent four days in airports, coming back after a nightmare scenario in Dallas (laughs) with the long goodbye, as we call it. And just I I if you have a half an hour, you want to hear this whole story from Bubba because it is amazing half what he went hour. through. That's how long this story takes. It's like church. I know, I know. It's a commitment. But Bubba sat there and just the idea of poor Bubba sitting down, all fired up, all the other cowboy fans he's hanging out in the stadium with it's him and his dad. Everybody's all jacked up all on Greenie. On greenie, and you black out, and it's 14 nothing. Yeah. It is all over within the blink of an eye. Tough beep. Um,
1: One other thing to throw in there. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I wanted to address you two, Wilner and Handman. Yeah. They, we rested the starters in week 18 of the Pick'em. Yep. We did not make the selections. They did. They went 3-0. and yes, Perfect 3-0. and Now, it was already in hand. It had already been decided. The trophy was already won. But you guys bolstered the record, and for that, we appreciate you. Jimmy G has two Super Bowl rings, so. Yeah. You could be the Jimmy I'll G. I'll take it. Yeah, okay. It's a good spot to be. It's fair. Good to be Jimmy Garoppolo. (laughs) He's very clear about that. Not bad. I was just going to give the update on the Hembo Hammer standings. Carlin catching Hembo. Carlin's at six. Hembo has stumped you guys seven times. And Joe, you've gotten it right four. How does this one right here count? You both get a win. You both get a win because we agree
0: with each other. Yeah. Carlin's got six. Yeah. Damn. I didn't even realize that. Mm -hmm. I didn't even know we were keeping score of this. That's what you get when it's a Hall of Famer, boys. All right, we don't screw around. He that might matter. go he's
1: about to go on a run. We might you know what? I got a couple pizza monies for tonight.
0: We might want to know
1: what the big boy likes for tonight.
0: Uh, maybe we switch pizza money over to uh to my right. No, I'm still I, I'm still listening to you because you're still on a, a bit of a heater no matter what happens. He just went night. into the
1: Hall of Fame. This could be a Hall of Fame pick.
0: All right, that's fair. Maybe that's just fair.
1: one, maybe just something. Yeah. A couple NBA games tonight. The Knicks are big favorites. They Did beat you, up on bad teams. Have you gotten into a Hall of Fame? High school, college, anything?
0: No. Do you plan on that happening? I
1: had never thought about it. Yeah. The fact that you got in, it was like, at least I get to shoot a video for this. That's the closest I'm going to get. Your uh, induction.
0: I got to believe at some point here you're getting in one.
1: We're not looking for a Hall of Fame. We're looking for early retirement. That's if I 100%. retire early, uh, that's my Hall of Fame. Harlan just sounded like Tommy, boy, Tommy and Tommy Boy, by the way, when he finally graduates college. He's like, you know, they give out a lot more D pluses than they do D minuses.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, truthfully... I got a D minus in a class. That actually happened. And I remember seeing the professor the next semester. I'm like, why'd you even bother?